four, eight, fifteen, sixteen, twenty-three, forty-two, four, eight. We're dead. Fifteen doomed and dead. Sixteen. Are we okay? Huh? Yeah. Awesome. I just have to pee. Great idea. Do go look in the burning death hole. Welcome to the weekly Lost edition of the Generally Speaking podcast. Please welcome your hosts, Stephanie, Rachel, and Cliff. Hello and welcome to the March 17th edition of the Generally Speaking podcast, uh, the weekly Lost edition. I'm Cliff Ravenscraft. I'm Stephanie Ravenscraft. And I am the next door neighbor, Rachel Griffin. Well, we have another uh, rerun this week, uh, so we have no new material to talk about as far as on the island. However, that's never kept us from putting an episode of Generally Speaking together, and this week will be no different. That's right. This week is Favorites Week at Generally Speaking, and we are going to talk about our favorite characters, oh my goodness moments, episodes, and more. We'll take a look at what is happening in the world of Lost in the news. We've got multiple trivia contest winners to our weekly trivia contest. We'll check in with Rem and the boys to see what's happening on the island. We'll open the mailbag to get your listener feedback. We'll wrap things up with a quick podcast update. And there's a lot to talk about in the spoiler section. Well, let's go ahead and get this party started. Well, guys, this is normally where we would actually start talking about the new episode plot lines. Uh, However, this week, as we said, there was a rerun, and my wife had this wonderful idea that we should do a favorites week. And so we're going to go ahead and talk about some of the things that are our favorites. And to get things started off, Rachel, I'm going to just ask you, uh, who is your favorite character? Well, I I was thinking about this, and I think that it's going to be a toss-up between Sun and Kate. And I have to say, too, because I really like Kate and I really like Sun, too, but I can't say definitely Kate because there's so much about Sun that I don't really know yet. So I'm going to tell you things I like about Sun and things I like about Kate, and then we'll just go from there. Okay. Sun, I like her because she seems extremely intelligent from what we know about her. She knows a lot about stuff from the island, like medicines and all that. She's learned English, I, I guess, fairly quickly. I don't know how long she studied it, but... And she keeps surprising us with more stuff that she just, like, happens to know. Like, oh, here's a little urchin that will help you and use this for a needle. (laughs) So she just knows tons of stuff. Um, She's learned to stand up for herself and others, especially when it comes to Jin, which I really appreciate about her because I don't know how it was growing up with her, but I would assume with her father it probably wasn't an easy thing for her to learn how to do. Um, So that's one thing that I like about her. She always sees the good in people. And I'm, I'm thinking that if she found out that it was Charlie who drug her into the jungle, she still wouldn't, like, hate him. She would probably find something good about him that she still liked about Charlie. You think so? I, yeah. I think you're right. Yeah. 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 Um, I like and there, Yeah, I know. And there's just so still so many unanswered questions about Sun. Like, I think that's the reason why I like her so much, too, is because we haven't seen a bad side of her in any of her flashbacks, She's if she even has one. <laughs> she was, a, I mean, she was a victim in this marriage gone bad. I mean, thanks to her father... What a whack job, by the way. And uh, Jen completely changed after they got married. So, I mean, she just seems like this victim who has, like, overcome, you know. And I, mm-hmm. I don't. I hope we don't see anything bad about her in the flashbacks, but we've yet to see. So that's why I still like Sun the best, I think. Alrighty. And then on to Miss Kate. She's, she's, like, the most intriguing character to me, I think. She's definitely the strong-willed woman who 
has to have her way and want, will do what it takes to whatever it takes to get her way. Um, but she also, I think she tries to hide who she really is, which is a good person. The good Kate always seems to find a way to come out and show herself. Like when she put the oxygen mask on the marshal's face when the plane was crashing. How nice was that? <laughs> she could have just let, I mean, he was completely knocked out. She could have just let him, you know, not have oxygen. I mean, that just seems like a good thing to do. Um, she helped deliver Claire's baby, and she's always protecting Claire and Aaron. She seems like she would always be there for you if she was your friend. Like, she'd always be a loyal friend to you. Um... Unless she gets you killed in a car accident. True, true. <laughs> and asks you to risk your job to do something she wants. Yeah, okay. that's true. But I guess well, that's just the selfish oh, case. I'm sorry, and except for when she blows up her real father in a house. I, other well, than and, those and few hey, incidents. No, she, was, she was protecting her mom. That's true. And this she, is this brings me to my next point about her. Is that we've only seen the bad things about Kate and her flashbacks, really. I mean, she's been like this great person on the island. She's always wanted to help people. She always wanted, she wanted to go with Locke into the hat so he didn't have to go by himself. Partly, I think, because she just wanted to be involved in it. But, I mean, she's really not been like a horrible person on the island. I would so. say you're right. Oh, by the way, just in case you guys are wondering about uh, Rachel's quality and the little hum in the background, this one, right? that one right there that's actually uh due to the fact that rachel is over at her house again and we're over here and uh we have her in via skype over the internet so we apologize for the sound quality but we're just glad to have you didn't notice and we're listening just fine cliff just amplified it for you yeah and oh by the way our our normal thing rachel missed last week so we have to do this Welcome back to that same old place that you All right, Stephanie, back. I totally cut you off. I am so sorry. <laughs> On Please. purpose, I think. No. Okay, so tell us, what. who is your favorite character? If everyone's sitting down, I can say that I think my favorite character is Charlie. Because... Oh, my. Because he's the most redeemable. He has the most to be redeemed from. And if you look back over the past episodes, there has been a lot of redemption going on on the island. And um, and so I think that that Charlie has the farthest to come, and we'll probably have to work the hardest to get there. Do you think? Uh Uh-huh. Okay, yeah, perhaps. Yeah, I would say you're right. Well, my my favorite character is, is Locke, as far as the character on the island. He definitely has this, you know, he... He he just surprises me. There's pre-island Locke, and then there's on-the-island Locke. Lockadile Dundee. You have this guy who just, before he's on the island, he is stuck in a wheelchair. He has anger issues. He's been let down by everyone. His mother's a fruitcake. His father definitely conned him just mm-hmm. to get his kidney. So, I mean, just lots of things going on there. But then when he comes to the island, he's this adventurous, I know everything, how to survive, uh, and has this whole experience that just changes him. He finds purpose in life and, and stuff of that nature. But then one week we see him kind of lose it, and then it comes back. And, uh, you know, it for me, Locke is this struggle for the guy inside that wants to break free from his past but his past keeps haunting him. Uh, he has he has this awesome potential within himself to be a great man, but yet he still struggles with anger. He still struggles with inferiority sometimes, and and uh, I just like 
you know, I, I sometimes deal with some of the things that he deals with myself, and so uh, I kind of like that. And then, of course, obviously, Echo is also one of my favorite characters because, um, obviously, because he's a man of faith and just the story of redemption that he shows as well. Harpy Siren gave us a little thing here, and Stephanie, do you want to read what Harpy Siren had written in the forum? Well, my favorite character is John Locke. He's just interesting and a little nuts. <laughs> he can be a cool hunter dude who seems to know everything one day and crazy unstable guy the next, and he has a lot of issues on and off the island. And he's fun, if not hard to <laughs> psychoanalyze. Exactly. So he's he's definitely a lot of fun. I think he's more crazy unstable guy more than cool hunter dude who <laughs> seems to know everything. He has been this season. Lately, yeah. Yeah, lately this season he is he's definitely I think I think Maybe Walt had something to do with him being super hunter dude, because when Walt was around, he was he was the thing. Mm-hmm. Well, also I think that last season and before that, he was all trying to be like everybody, look at me, and I'm. I maybe he wasn't trying to attract as much attention, but I think he was trying to be the leader there. Mm-hmm. Another thing with him and Jack struggling, but I think he wanted people to know that look, I'm taking care of everybody, and I'm hunting a boar, and I know how to do all this really cool stuff. And now he's just angry <laughs> he just wants everything to be his way he doesn't care about you know all of the hunting stuff and he's so focused on pushing the button so let, let's go ahead oh wait before we go on i did have um uh several voicemails from the same individual he uh, actually had left a different message for each of his favorites and i do have them all queued up here but to be honest with you i'm only going to play two of them because of uh his telephone connection when he called and uh, I just uh, I picked the two that I think will be the best for the show as far as content. Hey everybody, this is the Gunslinger from California. I wanted to call in about my favorite character. And, uh, it's not a very popular one, but I got to tell you, my most favorite individual on the Lost Island right now is Mr. Henry Gale, and I'll tell you why. This man is uh, complicated, methodical, planning. Devious. There's so much going on underneath this guy's skin, and he commu- and, and, and not only as a character but as an actor, he communicates so much without ever saying anything. I mean, you look at the way his eyes will look at the characters, and his 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 his, his, his features will change when he's around Locke. He's he's much more more open and aggressive, and kind of like in an attack mode. And the minute Echo walks in with his big Bowie knife, I mean, he goes all doe-eyed and immediately begins to recoil in fear. Now, whether that's because he's just catching some vibes off these different guys, or if, as some people have suggested, uh, he's seen Echo kill before, so he's afraid of his life. Uh, I mean, he's just a very complicated man, but everyone he gets in conversations with, he tries to manipulate them into deterring them or getting them off track. He tried to get Saeed off track by... Uh, you know, get, bringing up Shannon and it only made Saeed worse. And then he tried to get Locke off track. And it did. And whether it did because he was faking it or whether it went back to all of his his childhood issues, the point is is that um, Henry Gale is is very intelligent and very careful and very planning individual. And he's, he's just getting in there and he's messing with their minds. I mean, it's like he has special knowledge about how to push everybody's buttons, and I just love that in a character. Even if he turns out to be completely evil, he will still be one of my favorite characters because you can't have a good story without a great bad guy. So that's my thoughts on that. Uh, I'll leave it up to the rest of you. You're all doing a great job. Uh, Vaya con Dios, and stay lost. 
Thank you very much, Gunslinger. And just so you guys know, out there on the forum, he's got a photo in the photo section of the forum so you can see uh, who Gunslinger is online. And that's at ravenscraft.org forward slash lost forum. Do you have any favorite oh my goodness moments from the uh, series? For me, for me, one of my favorite moments where I went, oh my goodness, they just went there, was when um, Jen walks out of the tent with his shirt off and sun comes up behind him and wraps her arm like they just went there you know they've opened up they they've taken this show to a whole new level by going there yeah you know what i mean so for that was that was one for me rachel how about you any oh my goodness moments stand out to you yeah i've got two okay. uh, the first one obviously was when walt was taken you stole mine huh you stole I mine sorry but really, go ahead i saw that coming <laughs> Go ahead. Really? Yeah. Well, I, they they did something like that, in the, you know, in the preview. So of course we all knew, but I didn't think they were actually going to get him and like steal him and blow the whole little raft up and everything. That I thought that it, you know it was one of the preview things where they're like, oh yeah, we're, we want the kid, but we're not really going to get him because they never let that happen in a show like this. But oh my goodness, they really did let it happen, and he's gone, and we're all freaking out because they have this child, you know. So that that was one of my oh, I really didn't want that to happen. But it, it was, like, one of the biggest shockers to me. Um, the next one was when we realized that Desmond was the guy that Jack met at the stadium. Oh, that was, that was freaky. Like, when we realized that he's the guy in the hatch. Oh, I yes. totally I totally knew right away. Like, as soon as we saw him, I'm like, oh, my gosh, that's the guy from the stadium. And that was, like, the biggest shock to me, too. Um, Emily also wrote in the forum who what her oh-my-goodness moment was. And, Rachel, do you want to read that? Sure. Emily writes... The moment they revealed Locke in his wheelchair, I thought, this is the most brilliant show ever. The way the creators sucked us into that storyline without giving us any clue to Locke's paralysis and then revealing it, giving us that, yes, it all makes sense now feeling, was the first time I ever appreciated or realized storytelling in the construction of a TV episode. It is so deeply layered. That's when I knew I was hooked and had to watch every second of the show. Very good. And Gunslinger has probably... Uh, uh, one of the most awesome comments that I've heard so far, and I'm going to go ahead and play it. Uh, again, I apologize for the quality of his phone connection there, but uh, this is a very good call. I certainly had to think about this one for a while, but I think one of my more obscure favorites uh, for the oh my G moment is when Sawyer goes down to kill the man that he believes is the real Sawyer, the poor sap who runs the, the shrimp frying truck. That moment when uh, when Sawyer shoots him, pulls out the letter and begins to read the letter, Dear Mr. Sawyer, and the poor guy sitting there on the ground, coughing up blood, saying, who, who, who are you talking to? And in that minute, that those few seconds pass, and Sawyer realizes that not only has he been horribly conned by this guy, who he knew he shouldn't have trusted in the first place, but that he's killed a guy who probably did nothing more than not pay back a loan that he owned to some, owed to somebody. So, I mean, it just completely turned Sawyer's world upside down. And his whole quest was to go down to Australia to kill this guy. And now he's been set up. He's got nowhere to go. He's on the other side of the world. Um, and uh, I just thought that was an amazing plot twist, and I really enjoyed that part of the show. Let's go ahead and talk about our favorite episode, and I'm going to start us off on this one because I'm not going to let anybody steal <laughs> this episode from me. And it has to be hands down raised by another. 
And the reason why I love that is obviously my Thomas theory is totally based on that episode. I think that my favorite has got to be maternity leave. Just because I was so impressed with the information that they actually did share with us. And like I said on the last podcast that I was on, it it was like you finally... It, it wasn't just like a lure to get you to watch the show. Like, they actually disclosed important information, like the hatch, where Claire was, you know, Ethan injecting her stomach and everything like that. The Mr. Friendly and Ethan were working together, you know. So all of the stuff that we were wondering about, about when Claire was gone, we actually found out. And I was so happy about that. So that's, I think, why maternity leave was one of my favorites. All right. Stephanie, will you read what Queso Grande uh, tells us about his favorite episode? Sure. Do No Harm was a fantastic episode. What really got me was the music playing while everyone was gathered around Claire and Aaron to celebrate the new arrival, contrasted with Shannon mourning over Boone's death. It was very bittersweet and beautiful, really. Birth and death on the island. Okay, uh, what about our favorite island mystery? Right now I'd have to say how they got there. So, how the plane, why the plane crashed. Was it, because I've got a question out there on on the forum from Pete, (laughs) and did you see it? Yeah. Okay. Well, I gave him a reply, and then he came back even harder. And so I've been (laughs) thinking about that for two days. I'm like, okay, did I really mean fate? And what do I really mean by fate? (laughs) So, (laughs) Pete, if you're listening, I'm still thinking about it. I don't really know what I mean. So that'll that'll be interesting to find out. What about you, Rachel? I want to know if Hurley is going to eat all the ranch dressing before the others get to it. (laughs) No, I'm kidding. Um, I think my favorite mystery is the underwater hatch. Yeah. And, and sorry, Cliff, if that was yours. No, no, that's not my favorite, but it's I'm a good just, one. I know. It's so intriguing, and I'm so excited to find out more about it. You know, is that where all the Darwin people are hiding? Is that where Walt is? Is that really what the cable is for? I'm like, tell me more. I have to know about this. Like, I just need to know. It's driving me nuts. Just, just so people who are just tuning in and maybe some that are just casual viewers, that, we, that is pure speculation, by the way, right. that there's an underwater hatch. Basically, what your mystery, I, I would say, just for the sake of uh, clarity, your favorite mystery is what in the world does that cable go to that's leading out into the ocean? Yeah, and okay. Is, not really. And, and is it an underwater hatch? Okay. So, yeah, absolutely. That, that is a good mystery. My favorite mystery is Walt. What is it about this young boy? You have, you know, what happened with his mom getting sick? Did he have something to do with that? You know, he's reading a, a book about birds, and this bird flies into the window. You've got um, him and uh, Locke getting together, and Locke is saying he's very special. I believe didn't even uh, Mr. Friendly say he's a special boy. I mm-hmm. believe he said that. And, uh, you know, you've got Walt uh, after he's been kidnapped. First of all, they, they came to kidnap Walt. Uh, you know, why did they want him so badly? Uh, then you have, you know, did Walt really type on the computer to his dad? And then, of course, the biggest mystery, and this is what really gets me. And I tell you, it, it's my, one of my favorite things is are these what we call Easter eggs or hidden clues inside the episodes. And when they show Walt uh, in a vision of somebody appearing all wet and dripping and he speaks intelligible words. And then all of a sudden, when you go back and you reverse the audio, audio you find out that Walt's speaking backwards. And, uh, you know, that just blows me away. And, and I just, that really, that mystery really pulls me and says, I want to know more. 
Okay, Dan writes, My favorite island mystery is what happens when you don't punch the button. I swear, the writers said they would get to it this season. They better not have meant what happened to one of them. It will be very disappointing if they wait till next season. Very Yes, I agree with you, Dan. I definitely want to know what happens uh, when you don't push the button, and I agree that if they're, if what they were talking about is the hieroglyphics, but yet it gets reset into... I mean, that's... I will tell you that was my that was one beef with one of them. I mean, how many times have they gotten down to zero? And I mean, I mean, you get another four seconds to rehit the to hit execute, and it'll reset. I mean, you know, why don't they just add those four seconds onto the countdown timer? Yeah. I mean, my my feelings, <laughs> dude. As soon as it hits zero, red numbers, Something's boom, we all blow up. I mean, <laughs> give me something. <laughs> Dan, I'm with you. We won it this season. Alrighty. Well, I'll tell you what. That's pretty much all we have. Obviously, we could go on forever. But believe it or not, we do have a lot of other things uh, to talk about this week. And let's go ahead and move into the news segment. Okay, guys. Well, we have a lot of news to go over and cover this week. And uh, as promised before, uh, we have a, quite a few uh, TV appearances that have been uh, taking place recently with our island characters. And uh, we're going to start off with Michelle Rodriguez. Um, she made uh, the rounds on the late night television shows. And uh, actually, I guess some of the daytime television shows mm-hmm. as well. And I am going to play this first one because... Uh, I think we need to get it out of the way and then have her redeemed by some of the other people because I'll tell you, have you guys ever heard of the Carson Daly show? Yeah. It's awful. <laughs> I mean, it is. It's really bad. Unless this guy that was on there wasn't really Carson Daly and he's somebody filling in for Carson Daly, which that would make sense. Where are you from originally? <laughs> Jersey City. From Jersey City? Yeah. yeah. Oh, we got some some train fans from Jersey City. <laughs> yeah. That's nice. When did you move to how long uh, when did you move to LA? Uh, I moved to Los Angeles about wow, 3 years ago. And isn't that exciting to go from Jersey City and to be an actress and to be doing well and to get up with great movie roles and stuff to live in LA? It seems like uh, you would love that. It's amazing. It's great. It's just it's crazy in LA. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Um, you have a, kind of a reputation for being a, a well a, like a, a tough uh, dangerous uh, female, very strong. <laughs> Rolls, you kick ass. I'm a putty tat. Yes, you you know, would it interest you? Does that ever get old to play a lot of those tough roles? Would you like to play uh, something a little more delicate at all? Like a ballerina, maybe? Oh, God. Do those why, types of roles interest you? Why don't you picture this? Picture, picture me as, like, um, the girlfriend who gets captured or um, the girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> the girlfriend who gets captured. Do you see how horrible that guy is at interviewing people? I think maybe she makes him nervous. Maybe. She, she would make me nervous. Leno did okay and still until he starts going off on this, you know, are you allergic to any bugs or cockroaches? Do you get a lot of bugs and cockroaches and things like that? Are you bothered? Do you know that Daddy Longlegs is is the most poisonous spider out of all the spiders? Did you know that? You wouldn't think that. That's because they can't penetrate through human skin. But they could kill you if they could. Well, if, you know, <laughs> you know, if they could fire a gun, they would shoot you. Is what you're saying. No, no, actually, 
actually, actually, actually, they're not really dangerous because they can't bite through human skin. Exactly. So, so, so they're not dangerous. Guys, I'm serious. Yeah, we got ghosts and spiders. Perfect. <laughs> she, look at the tide. Now, are you allergic to any bugs? Are you, do you have any phobias um, about that? Yeah, I do. What? I'm actually allergic to cockroach resin and dust mites. Cockroach resin. Okay. I know it's odd, yeah. but, you know. The cockroach itself doesn't bother you. Cockroaches I'm not too fond of. But they're resin. Know? Resin, yeah. It, it, I woke up one morning. Do they play Hawaii? pool? Why do they have resin? I'm curious <laughs> as to why they <laughs> Quarter pocket. <laughs> Okay. Oh, I, I break out on like mumps, you know. Okay. You wouldn't recognize me from a can of paint, and then I've been having to be injected with steroids the whole time. Steroids. So, like, when you've seen me on Lost, I'm literally pumped up with steroids. Wow, wow. Yeah, I mean, you know, until they told me that that you know there's a possibility that I'd have like permanent nerve damage, like a twitch or something. Is that what they said? Yeah, or I'd end up with some sort of psychosis. I stopped taking the steroids, but it was hardcore. I was. You know, swollen well, for a while. Because I know if your erection lasts more than four hours, see a doctor. <laughs> I'll tell you, poor Michelle Rodriguez. She had it tough with Carson Daly and the Leno guy. After listening to that, you know, I felt so horrible for her. I mean, she definitely, she was obviously nervous in front of Leno. And it goes on Fine. about, so are you totally, so are you um, allergic to the cockroaches? And and then they make fun of her about this resin, and it's like, man, they're setting her up for just mm-hmm. to be laughed at and stuff oh, like yeah, that. Yeah, that's his job is to make people yeah, laugh. Right. Yeah, but still, I mean, boy, she should have expected it. Well, here's the deal: Ellen did a really good job for her, and so I'm gonna go ahead and play that. You turned down a role on Desperate Housewives. Is that right? Where do they get this stuff? That's that's true, right? Yeah, I guess you could say that. Now, why did you turn a roll down on that? Because if you're not a desperate housewife, what's the point? Good point. Good point. You want to be one of the main ones. (laughs) So you weren't going to be a main one. You were going to be the girlfriend of... I don't know. Probably like, you know, I don't know, some, some character in there. But I could see you. I think they need somebody like that in the neighborhood. We actually uh, envisioned you in the cast and uh, we thought maybe you could be uh... <laughs> Just so you know, what they're showing right now is a picture like of Michelle Rodriguez you, you, being photoshopped in with the Desperate Housewives <laughs> only in her lost getup. Oh, then hang out with you, okay? <laughs> and it's weird that you're back in Hawaii shooting Lost because isn't that where you shot Blue Crush? Yeah, it is. I married myself at, back then. You married yourself? Yeah. Wow. So <laughs> you, you'll never be apart from yourself. Uh, what a commitment. <laughs> so Hawaii's special. Hawaii's special. So is that why uh, one of the reasons you jumped at the chance to work at, uh, uh, on Lost because it was in the same place or... Yeah, I was just crazed about, uh, you know, being in L.A. I was just tired of Hollywood. Right. Just wanted to get away. Island. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, and so I love the show, and uh, I, can't, I can't wait to see what's happening. I, I hate when there's reruns, because I know I'm supposed to look at them because there's more theories. And, I get that a but, lot. Yeah. <laughs> the rerun thing, people don't like that. No, I don't. I, I can't wait to see what's going to happen. So, because I, I have some theories, and I'm sure you have theories. Do you know what's happening? Well, actually, I'm pretty much out of the loop. 
loop, but I have my own theories, and a lot of them have to do with the battle between science and, and faith. It's kind of like, you know, scientists and government experiments, and then that versus, like, natural Bermuda triangles and stuff like that. Yeah, that's mine, too. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, Lost, if you're not into it, uh, get on board. It's really, really good. It's, 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 it's very complicated, and uh, you just never know what's going on, but I love it. Lost airs Wednesdays at 9 on ABC. I just want to say thank you to all the folks out there who um, email me personally at podcast at ravenscraft.org. And those of you who call us on our listener line at 413-521-0958 to let us know uh, when somebody is going to be on TV. Because I usually either forward that email or call Stephanie up and let her know. And she sets those for me on the DVR. You guys heard of Craig Ferguson? No. I had never heard of him until I got the email to set the timer. Yeah, didn't I, even know what time his show came on. Yeah, in fact, I had never heard of him either. And uh, I do think he's pretty decent. And I'm just wondering if it happens to be his Scottish uh, accent. But uh, he definitely really plays on to that. And uh, here's how things went. <laughs> Emily DeRavin, everybody. Welcome, Emily. How are you? I'm good. How are you? You look absolutely lovely. What a lovely dress and earrings. May I say your bling is spectacular, girl. Thank you. Yeah, you that film... better than that, huh? Yeah, well, that, that film looks quite scary. Yes. The it, Hills Have Eyes. It is. Do the Hills actually. actually have eyes in the movie? In Morocco, they do. That's how we shot there, yes. They, they, they have eyes in the hills? Mm-hmm. Do, 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 do the hills come after you? I mean, only, only at certain hours, but yes, they you, do. You're not American, are you? I can no. tell from your voice. You're smart. Where are you from? You? I'm from Australia, Melbourne. I've been to Melbourne. I love have Melbourne. You? Yeah, they have trams there. Trams are amazing, aren't they? Yeah, they're Trams, good. I think, I mean, I'm using... What, San Francisco has trams here, though. Yes, oh, they have trams all over the place. San Jose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Supermarkets have trolleys, too. <laughs> <laughs> Parts, yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, I, I do miss that, and um, Melbourne's such an easy city to get around because of that reason. And, and it's walking. And, yeah, it's quite small. Do you live? Do you live in Melbourne, or do you live outside of Melbourne? Um, I sort of grew up about an hour outside Melbourne, but uh, yeah, my mum right now lives sort of quite close to the city. Now, the Lost show as well. You shoot that in Hawaii. I do. That'd be very nice. There's volcanoes there, though. Beautiful. Yes? Inactive where we are, but yeah, there's some craters there. Dominic Monaghan's on the show quite a bit here. Is he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you get on with him? Yeah. Really? I think he's bad-tempered. I I say that now, but... (laughs) (laughs) Do you have a nice time? Would you like to live in Hawaii? They've got fried Spam. They do. Spam. You know, serve Spam burgers. They have this, they have sushi with Spam instead of fish. Really? It's really found. I've never tried it, but I've not been Spam. Well, how do you know then? Well, it looks and it smells pretty bad. (laughs) You've got to persevere with that. You've got to persevere with bad food. You've got to get past the smell and the look of it. I like fried Spam, actually. Do you? I've never tried it, but I suspect I would like it. It smells good, though, huh? It smells fantastic. Do you know I was a vegetarian for a year? And then um, I smelled a bacon sandwich and I had to give it up. That was it. Yeah. I can't take it anymore. Give me that sandwich. Bacon spoon, yeah. Now, tell me about the Hills of Ice. What's the story about that? The story is, um, well, it's basically sort of a study of these two families, one that's um, been affected by government nuclear testing in their area. And And they turn into zombies? No. Oh, okay. No, turn zombies. That's the other movies. Right, right. I like zombies. I I love me a zombie. Oh, I can't get enough. There's no zombies. No, they they are... um, therefore uh, mentally and physically affected by this and mutated and 
Um, and they go crazy? They, they do. They basically turn into cannibals and, uh, you know, really trying to retaliate towards society. And we happen to be passing through and are uh, infected. And the, the crazy people get you? They do. And it's do you know this is based on a Scottish story, isn't I it? I do. It's a Sony Bean family. The Sony Bean family who, yeah. who would eat... Uh, people that were passing by. Basically the same story, which is yeah. kind of scary knowing that this has happened and could happen Well, again. to be fair, there's a lot of bad stuff being said about the Sonny Bean family. They only ever ate English people. It wasn't like... It wasn't, like they were, it wasn't like they were doing anything wrong. They were just hungry. That's all. It was either that or fried spam. What are they going to do? That's awful. Well, I'm just saying. It's a joke. I don't mean it. Okay, that was that was <laughs> one of the more entertaining late night shows uh, as far as for Emily Duravin, and uh, he did a really good job, I think, interviewing her and giving her the opportunity to stay a lot. And then, of course, we're going to move on to where Emily Duravin was on the Ellen Show. What's your theory? What do you think is happening? Because they don't tell tell you, right? No, I mean, I, I don't know. I used to think it was you know that we we're in purgatory. Which you know made sense mm-hmm. for so many reasons, and then I had had the baby, and I wasn't sure. That doesn't really make sense to me anymore. As you know, bringing new life into that wasn't wasn't working for me anymore. And it was knocked down by JJ and Damon too. Oh, really? They said, yeah, I no, don't. That's not it. They'll, they'll hear all these theories, and they say, nope, nope. They'll I, tell, no, don't tell you what it is, but they'll just say. I can't wait to, to see. You know, if we ever find out, because I think the show yeah. is so good, and it gets some people haven't gotten into it yet, and you're scared to get into it because it's been going on. But it really is good, and it gets more and more intricate. And uh, I, I just, I really love it. And let's talk about the movie real quick because I watched it last night. Oh, you um, did? Yeah, it is really. It's it's Wes Craven, and it's, it's a, a remake of uh, The Hills Have Eyes. It's really scary. It's creepy. I had bad dreams. Oh, you did? Oh, yeah, it really did. I guess that's good, though, isn't it? Yeah. No, it's, yeah. Go- it's good, because if you're looking for a scary right, movie, yeah. some of them let you down, and I thought it was really, really scary. Oh, good. Yeah. I'm glad you liked it. Where'd you shoot that? Here? No, Morocco. Really? Yep. Um, a town called Wazazat, which is a very small town in the middle of the desert, middle of nowhere. Um, literally, like... I don't know how many people, but a very small population, and their their income is films being made there, practically. There's really? two studios. I thought for and sure it was Palm Springs. Did you? Yeah. Well, it's, I mean, it's a cheap for the desert in the States, and yeah. it's a perfect cheap, but it's just... Over there, the, the hills are... They have eyes. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, no. They, I don't know, it's, it's just so crazy how beautiful the, the rock formations over there yeah. are. They're just amazing. Was it hot? And, oh, yeah, it was insane. It was in the middle yeah. of summer. It was sort of like 110, 120. Snakes? Scorpions, really? and they come out at night, and yes. they're so nasty. Yeah, they're huge too. Yeah. Well, you're yeah. used to scorpions, don't they have those in Australia? You know, I think I think we do. Yeah. I think they're more deadly, but they're smaller, maybe. Really? I thought I everything so. in Australia was bigger. No, <laughs> no, no. Um, all right, Lost is on Wednesdays at nine on ABC, and The Hills Have Eyes. I love a scary movie, so I liked it. But gory, very gory, opens this Friday, March tenth. Are you guys aware that Matthew Fox is filming a new movie project? No. What is it? Uh, he begins filming on April 3rd on Marshall University campus in Huntington, West Virginia. And I think the name of the movie is something like We Are Marshall. And so uh, keep your eyes out for that. Sorry. That means that they'll be done finishing the show by then. They'll be done recording the episodes that are going to take us through the end of the season. He wouldn't be able to commit to a project on April 3rd if they haven't wrapped the season yet. Unless he dies. <gasps> <laughs> He's a pretty expensive guy to keep on the show now. 
Some more news. Popularity of the show Lost is Lost on Russo. It says, the first thing to note about Mira Furlan, who plays the mysterious French castaway Danielle Russo on ABC's Lost, is that she's not French. The second thing to note about her is that she doesn't watch Lost all that much. She says, I watch on occasion just to see what's going on. Furlan, who is 50 years old, said while attending the recent Megacon comic and independent film convention in Orlando, she says, I have never really been a fan of TV shows, and I don't watch a lot of television. How odd is that? Lost Star finds a new gig. You want to read that, uh, read that one there, Stephanie? Evangeline Lilly is no carpetbagger, but thanks to a seemingly anom... Uh, <laughs> okay, I feel like Rachel tonight. <laughs> Anomalous endorsement deal. She is a carpet seller. The actress best known for TV viewers as Lost Castaway Kate Austin has signed a deal with the upscale... Okay. I should have read this before you asked me to read it. Hold on, I'm going to read it to myself, and then I'll start. Okay. All the leaves are brown, <laughs> and the sky is gray, and the sky is gray. I went out for a walk on a winter's day. On, on a, a winter's day. day. I'd be safe to... Oh, she muted me! Evangeline Lilly is no carpetbagger, but thanks to a seemingly anomalous endorsement deal, she is a carpet seller. The actress best known to TV viewers as Lost Castaway Kate Austin has signed a deal with the upscale Karistan Company to appear in four print ads for the rug manufacturer. We've scratched beneath the surface of the public persona of Evangeline Lilly and found quite an impressive and authentic young woman who's independent and venturesome, a goal-setter, and a caring humanitarian. David Duncan, the company's VP of Marketing, said in a statement. Very good. Well, there there was quite a bit of news out there, and so as we find some news, we'll definitely be bringing that to you. And it's time now to move into our favorite part of the show, and that is the listener feedback. Debail! Uh, We're going to start things off with an emailed comment from Dr. Bruder. It says, Dear Cliff, Stephanie, and Rachel, have you ever heard of the band Genesis? It is the band that was produced by both singers Peter Gabriel and Phil Collins. I have felt that there are a few references on Lost that the writers may have been taken from Genesis. I know that the producers are fans of the band, but I have not heard anyone asking them directly about any direct connections to the island. In 1974, Genesis released the double-length concept album, The Lamb Lies Down, on Broadway. The album tells of the surreal and dreamlike story of Puerto Rican juvenile delinquent named Raul, who is swept into an alternate dimension filled with bizarre creatures and nightmarish dangers in order to rescue his brother John. Several of the story's occurrences in place were derived from the band members' dreams, The individual songs also make satirical allusions to everything from mythology hmm, to sexual revolution to advertising and consumerism. Genesis fans have debated the meaning of the Lamb album for years. There are many who think the entire album has to do with either twins or split personalities. 
This is one clip about the numbers. It is uh, from the song Count on Time, which is part of the Lamb Lies Down on Broadway from 1974. These are the lyrics. I'm counting out time. Got the whole thing down by numbers. All those numbers give me guidance. Oh, Lord, I need that now. The day of judgment come, and you can bet uh, that I've been resting for this testing digesting every word that experts say. Another Genesis song reminds me of Island Life. It is from the song, I think it says song Doo Doo Lurker, uh, from the Abacab album in 1981. It makes references to the snowman, trees, mole, and black smoke. And these are the lyrics. Son, he giving me life in his light, part of the system, friend to man, friend to the trees, no friend to the snowman. Where does he go? What does he do? Does he meet with the mole, the stream, the cloud, and end up at the bottom of the sea? Maybe in the underwater hatch. Uh, let's see here. Big noise, black smoke. So pig-headed couldn't see the joke. But it ain't funny. Ask the fly on the wall. It's only living. It doesn't matter at all. At all. At all. Dr. Bruder finishes up, says, Yes, I know, of course, I'm, take, I'm only focusing on short segments of each of these songs, but I am sure that most Lost fans would enjoy digesting the Lamb Lies Down on Broadway album. It needs to be listened to many times in order to make sense of it. There is a lot of similar mythology between this album and what's taking place on the island. And so, uh, Dr. Bruder... Uh, you had a lot of free time on your hands back in the uh, early 80s, it looks like. <laughs> hey, Cliff, this is Wally from Maryland again. I'm in the middle of listening to the theory cast that you did, and you mentioned about a redemption song by Bob Marley. Um, someone may have already uh, got you on this, but in the season finale last year, and when they're on the raft, when Jin and Sawyer and Michael and Walt are out on the raft, Sawyer is singing redemption songs, uh, so go back and check it out. It's uh, so a good call, but yeah, it actually was already placed there. Um, enjoying the podcast so far. Talk to you soon. You're absolutely right, Wally. And you know what? I think that leads me to a new theory, and that is exactly uh, it's a whole time travel thing that's going on with the island. In fact, I think that what happened is they traveled into the future. And we're listening to our podcast that started right around beginning section of season two. And therefore, they heard my suggestion that they should put Bob Marley in, went back to the season finale of season one, and threw that in there just because of that. But, sure. uh, yeah. <laughs> Moving right along. Here's what Queso Grande called in. This is Queso Grande calling from Sacramento, California. Wanted to sound off on the Henry Gale series a little bit. Uh, I think Henry probably is an other, um, but I think when they go off to find his balloon, I think they will, in fact, find it, that uh, they will find everything in place that convinces them that he is who he says he is, uh, and I don't think that that's because Dharma used its resources to uh, set the whole thing up, put a fake balloon down, or, or create this person. I think there probably, in fact, was a person named Henry Gale who crashed on the island at some point in the past, and, you know, Dharma intercepted him and stole his identity and, uh, you know, sent uh, uh, one of their guys off uh, in his place to uh, uh, infiltrate the Losties. So, fantastic podcast. Please keep up uh, the great work. 
Thank you very much there, Queso Grande. What do you guys think about that? Um, oh, I so agree with that. I agree, too. I think I even commented on that in the last podcast that I did that that's probably what that was, and it really wasn't that he was Henry Gale, but there might have been really a Henry Gale that was on there, so I'm totally down with that. I agree with that 100%. So you think that perhaps there was a Henry Gale that crashed in a balloon, and he took on that persona after they yes, killed him? I or agree. took him in and drugged him and, and are using him for experimental bait? Something, but I, I don't think that he's the actual Henry Gale. I think his story's too shady. Hi, my name is Joe. I'm calling from New York City. And uh, I have a question for you guys. I think you guys can help me with this. In the, in the uh, episode Maternity Leave, when Ethan was talking to Claire in the woods, uh, sitting on that strange-looking stump, there was a woman in the background of one of the scenes when, when Ethan was talking to Claire, and she was a blonde lady, uh, and she was far in, far in the background in the woods. But I can't figure I paused it, and I still screened it, and I was looking. I can't figure out who it is. I didn't know if anybody had had any discussions about that on the, uh, on the message board or anything like that. Uh, uh, curiosity is killing me. Thanks, guys. Look forward to hearing from you soon. Rachel, have you heard anything about that? No, I, I, didn't, I didn't even, I didn't even catch it, and I haven't even seen anything on the forums about it. No, I haven't either. Uh, in fact, Stephanie, how about you? Mm-mm. No, I, I watched the episode a couple times, and I did not see it. But I haven't gone back since he had said that. So, uh, Kim, I know that you're going to be listening here, our forum queen. And I'm going to ask Kim if she wouldn't mind to open up a sticky item on the maternity leave section of our Lost Forum and uh, just put on there, was there a blonde lady in the background? If anybody has any thoughts on that, we'd love to discuss it there online and and see if that actually uh, pans out to be anything. So, Joe, thank you very much for calling, and uh, we'll get to work on it for you. Hello, Cliff, Rachel, and uh, Stephanie, and this Isaac from Houston, Texas. And uh, a long-time listener and enjoy your podcast so much and a first-time caller. And I just want to point out, um, I was watching the rerun tonight, and uh, uh, I don't think anybody have mentioned that before. On the left uh, arm of um, Jack, there's a tattoo of four Chinese characters. The meaning is Yinji Changkong. It really means the eagle attack the long sky. Uh, so that's what I mean, Yin Ji Chang Kong, the four Chinese characters, since I'm a Chinese. That means eagle attack the long sky. Anyway, I hope this information is helpful or, or reveal anything. And it's kind of cool. Okay. Thank you. Enjoy your show. Keep up work. Bye-bye. Isaac, thank you very much for pointing that out. Uh, no, I haven't heard anybody talk about... I mean, I've heard a lot of people talk about the tattoo, but nobody's actually pointed out that it uh, stands for, I think he said, eagle attack the long sky. But Isaac did call back and say that that is actually words from either a poem or a song. I think maybe we'll learn more about Jack and when he got his tattoo in a future Jack-centric episode. All right, we do have one more feedback left over, and this is from Mark, and uh, here's what he had to say. Hey there, Ravens Crafties. This is Chef Mark from the Remarkable Palette Podcast in New York City, and I'm calling to respond to Cliff's Thomas Theory. Uh, Spot on, Cliff. That is good sleuthing work. I totally agree with you about the stewards and how Dharma is strong-arming both Thomas and the psychic to manipulate Claire onto the island. Uh, Of course, as Stephanie mentioned, uh, the magnetic pull of the island has brought some other crafts to it, perhaps even a couple of Raven's crafts. 
So, you know, all they needed was to be sure that Oceanic 815 would be close by. In fact, now you've got me thinking about these theories of why the others are trying to get children. Perhaps all of the people drawn to the island are there because of these children. Walt and the Taley children were taken as well, and Alex was taken from Rousseau. Perhaps Aaron wasn't the only Dharma-created child. Now, I won't go so far as to agree with these uh, Voldemort-type theories that uh, they're looking for a child that would be the reincarnation of some psychic that had been trapped on the island, but it is plausible that whatever eugenic, utopian experiment that they're running might involve children that they are engineering. What if uh, Walt's mom and stepdad had been used by Dharma in some way as well? This would explain some of Walt's unusual abilities, which Locke certainly picked up on, and perhaps even Alex as well. You know, we we saw a glimpse of her, and she seems to be uh, a bit unusual. So anyway, that's that's my little thought about your theory. Um, Thank you for listening. This is Chef Mark from the Remarkable Palette Podcast. Thanks. Thank you very much there, uh, Chef Mark. Uh, we certainly appreciate uh, your feedback. We want to say a very special thank you to uh, Chef Mark because he played a promo for our show on his podcast, and I told him that I wouldn't mind doing return favor for him. And so here's a little bit about Mark's podcast. Hello, Losties. This is Chef Mark from the Remarkable Palette Podcast. And you're listening to Generally Speaking. You know, when you're stuck on a desert island and you don't have access to Dharma brand canned food, you end up eating a lot of fish. Here's a quick tip for making the job of skinning fish fillets easier. Starting at the thin end of the fillet, slide a knife between the skin and the flesh until you can grab hold of the skin with a paper towel. Use this handle to help steady the skin and pull towards you as you continue to cut the flesh away from it. For more kitchen tips, recipes, interviews with food professionals, and sound scene tours of the New York culinary scene, listen to the Remarkable Palette podcast. You can find it at remarkablepalette.blogspot.com or on the iTunes directory. And now back to more Generally Speaking with Cliff, Stephanie, and Rachel. Well, guys, another hiatus week, and we're stuck on the island. But you know what? I heard that, generally speaking, is going to be doing a favorites episode this week. Ooh, that'll be good. It's tough to pick a favorite episode, though. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I always like to go and look online and see what the listeners are posting. You know, over at the forum at ravenscraft.org forward slash lost forum. Wait a second, guys. Last week ended on a pretty intense note. Will we be giving our listeners any clarification about what happened with that whole seeing Walt bit? Well, you know, Cliff might want to punch me for actually going on the record and saying this, but I think the question will never ever be answered. I couldn't possibly imagine how we would answer that question. I'm sure we will see the ramifications of our encounter with Walt. Dude, you sound just like Damon Lindelof did when Asiello asked him about the whole numbers deal. Why would you say that, Ram? I mean, why would you say such an incendiary statement like that? You know the Generally Speaking fans are expecting us to give them answers. Okay, okay. Well, maybe we'll try to fit something in maybe in the next few weeks. So what was your favorite episode, Ram? Oh, man, that's a tough one. 
You know, I keep coming back to the Hurley-centric episode called Numbers from last season. Oh, yeah. That was a good one. What was your favorite part, Rem? Well, I really dug the scene where Hurley goes into the asylum to ask Lenny about the mysterious numbers. Look, Lenny, I gotta know. What do the numbers mean? Come on, Lenny, give me something. Where'd you get the numbers? Is that why you're here, Lenny? It's because of the numbers? Did they do something to you? Because I think they did something to me. I think they put me into a jinx. Ever since I won the lottery with those numbers. You use those numbers to play the lottery? Uh, yeah. Hey, you shouldn't have done that. You've opened the box! I what? Uh, you shouldn't have used those numbers! Why not? It doesn't stop! You gotta get away from those numbers! You gotta get far, far right, hey, away! Hey, hey, hey. You hear me? No, don't you understand? You gotta get Lenny, away Lenny, from Lenny, them or it won't stop! Lenny, try wait a sec, down. wait a sec, I need some answers. Sir, you need to step away. Lenny, the numbers, where'd you get them? Send to me! He heard them! Who sent to me? He heard them in Calgary! That's Calgary! In the town! Where we used to the work! Town where? In Australia! And then there was Locke building this really cool cradle for Claire. And I love Hurley's bit at the end where he meets Rousseau in the jungle. Please, tell me why you wrote this. What do these numbers mean, please? I don't know. What? You don't know? Okay. That thing in the woods? Maybe it's a monster. Maybe it's a pissed-off giraffe. I don't know. The fact that no one is even looking for us. Yeah, that's weird. But I just go along with it. Because I'm along for the ride. Good old fun time Hurley. Well, guess what? Now, I want some friggin' answers. Oh, oh, I know my favorite episode. I can't remember the name of it, but it's the one where everybody's building their little huts out of the tarps. Oh, I don't know. I mean, sure, that was great and all, but I was really hoping that they would have built grass huts. You know, kind of like the ones that they had in Gilligan's Island. Yeah, that would be cool. Oh, I was just thinking about my favorite episode. It's the one that revealed my favorite prop of all time. You know, the hatch from Swan Station Number 3, where they took those cheesy stencils and spray-painted quarantine on the inside of the door. I was totally blown away by that. Yeah, I would have totally expected green paint. The black paint just really drove the point home for me, though. Come on, seriously, don't you... Don't you have anything like a like a favorite quote or something from the island? Oh yeah, that's easy. It's when Michael tells Walt to get Jack. Dad. Oh. <laughs> that's why. You. Dad. Dad. Get Jack. No way. That's that's totally wrong. The best quote from the show was when Kate tells Jin to go get Jack. Hey, Jin. I need you to go to the caves and get Jack, okay? You understand? We need Jack. Jack, doctor. Yes. Yes, the doctor. Please come here. Oh, you guys are both clearly mistaken. The best quote of the show, hands down, belongs to Claire when she tells Charlie to go get Jack. Charlie, I need you to go get Jack. What? I'll be all right. I'm not leaving you alone. Charlie, I, can, please, I can deliver a baby. Go. I can do this. This must happen Charlie, all the time. Charlie, you don't know how to Wait, deliver... Wait, no, listen to me. I'm not going to let anything happen to you. I might not know what I'm doing, but I'll figure it out. If I can kick drugs, I can deliver a baby. Let me explain. I'm a drug addict. I, I was a drug addict. I, I'm clean now. Get Jack! Oh, that rocks. Oh, we do have a winner. 
What in the world? Who would have thought I would have got a Nextel signal all the way out here? Uh, hello? Where are you? You said you were going out for a gallon of milk. You've been gone for two weeks. Those kids need to go back to school. What are you talking about? I left the kids at home with you. No, they said they were going with you. They're not here. Wait, listen. Ah, crap. Here we go again. You cannot disappear for two weeks and tell me to wait a minute. I want an answer right now. Where are you? Where are my children? Uh, Stephanie, I think I'm going to have to get back to you. Grab a Jesus stick. I got it. Okay, now be very quiet. Let's go ahead and move into the trivia contest, and here's Kim with results. Hello, my fellow trivia buffs. Kim here again, and it's time to announce the winner of this week's trivia contest. Actually, it's winners. This week's contest has six official winners. All people that played this week answered the ten questions correctly and the first bonus question. This was a tough week. I just couldn't crack any of these people. So, the winners are the Lost Twins, who are A23 Frazier and Marilita426, along with Casper, Molly H., Matt, just Matt, Marley, 2A2, and the infamous Uncle Igmar. All these people won the contest this week. Thank you all for playing. I enjoyed the banter back and forth, trying to figure out if I could actually stump you. No luck on my part. Here are the 10 questions and the bonus questions that the six-pack answered. Number one. During season one, Claire wore a necklace. It was a Chinese symbol standing for what? I was looking for the one-word answer of love. Number two. Vincent is played by a female dog. What is her name? And the correct answer is Madison. Number three. When Ray is driving Kate to the train station, what song is on the radio and who is the artist? The correct answer is Leaving on Your Mind by Patsy Cline. Number four. What were the names of the, tr- the two Drive Shaft CDs? The correct answer is Drive Shaft and Oil Change. Number five. Kate's dad, well, her actual stepdad, was in the Army Ranger Battalion. Where was he stationed? I was looking for the name of the fort and the state where the fort is located. And the correct answer is Fort Lewis in Washington State. Number six, what was Boone's title at his mother's wedding planning business? And the correct answer was COO or Chief Operating Officer. Number seven, true or false, Kate has been to Disneyland. The correct answer is false. Number eight, how long had Hurley's grandfather had his pacemaker? And the correct answer was four years. Number nine, what is the full name of the institution where Hurley once spent some time? The correct answer is the Santa Rosa Mental Health Institution. And just a quick side note, check out the forum and go to the spoilers section and you'll see um, screenshots for the upcoming Hurley episode titled Dave. Number 10, what is Boone's blood type? The correct answer is A, negative. Bonus number one was, what is the postmark on Sawyer's envelope? And the correct answer was Knoxville, Tennessee, 1976. 
I had two other bonus questions for the six-pack, but there were some discrepancies in the answers, so I threw them out and just went with the first bonus question. I did ask a final bonus question, which was, what is my favorite band from the 80s? But no one came up with the correct answer. So congratulations again to those of you who played and won, and actually, like I said, everyone who played this week won. So now I'm going to enlist a little help from the Lost. Twins, Casper, Molly H, Marley 2A2, Matt, just Matt, and Uncle Igmar. I would like each of you to come up with one trivia question for next week. Please email me your question and the correct answer by Monday, and I'll post your questions along with four that I'll come up with. If you would like to join us in this wild trivia tryst that we've got going on, please stop by the Generally Speaking Forum at www.ravenscraft.org front slash lost forum become a registered member and play along if you're not into trivia and you just want to chat about different lost subjects again come to the forum right now we have over 180 members and over 2300 postings you'll be surprised at what you find just a reminder i'll have the questions for quiz number four posted on monday with the help from the winning six pack and always you'll have until thursday morning to submit your trivia answers and please remember to email them to me at addictedtoloss at hotmail.com. Thanks again, everyone. You'll hear from me again next week. Well, thank you very much, Kim, for that weekly update on the Lost Trivia Contest. And I cannot believe that we cannot stump those people. Just a couple quick notes, uh, generally speaking, podcast update. First of all, um, we had a listener line fiasco this week. I had tried to switch over to a new service with Skype, and that went terribly wrong, even though I had a really awesome number that had 4815 at the end of it. And I've decided at this point, until Skype can prove to me that they'll send me some voicemails, we're going to stick with our current listener line at 413-521-0958. And if we get enough donations, I think I'm just going to go ahead and start paying for the $15 a month for that service so that we can go ahead and customize the greeting. And people, when they call, they will know for sure that they got the Generally Speaking listener line. Also, I want to announce that we have just launched the Generally Speaking Podcast Network. I am obviously going to continue this weekly Lost edition of Generally Speaking. And what we also will be doing is a Generally Speaking About the Church podcast. Uh, That one will probably be the third one I launch. But I just recently launched a podcast called My Crazy Life. So you can check all of these out by going to our new website address of generallyspeakingpodcast.com. And I just want to say a special thank you to Melissa Dixon, who is doing a lot of graphic design work for me. Uh, She's the one who's fixed up all of our buttons. She's working on new logos and and headers. And so if you see anything that's real ugly when you go to our site, uh, I did that. If you see anything that looks really nice, uh, Melissa did that. So thank you very much, Melissa. Also want to say thank you to Father Roderick at the Daily Breakfast Podcast for playing our promo this week. Want to say special thank you to the Remarkable Palette podcast by Chef Mark for playing our promo this week. And also want to say a special thank you to Trevor of the Scribe Music Show podcast for playing our promo. I really do appreciate that. And now we do have some lost spoilers, and then we can shut this baby down. The huge lost spoiler this week is a photo that is available in our forums... And I'll put a link to it. And Rachel, do you know what that photo is? It is a photo of Libby in the institution where Hurley is. It's nuts. 
So we actually find out that, uh, yeah, Hurley really does know her before, and it wasn't from him stepping on her foot on the plane. She has actually got dark hair sitting at, I guess it's one of the tables in the institution, and she's looking rough, as usual, but rougher than normal. <laughs> rougher than normal. <laughs> Boy, I tell you, she's definitely not going to call our listener line. No, she won't. I love her. <laughs> I tell you what, we're, we'll probably get sued for slander or libel or whatever all that stuff is. Or hate mail, at the very least. No doubt. So, uh, anyway, uh, yeah, so we have a, a photo that's been released out there of her in the mental institution, and I would say that probably Rem needs to get a little credit for always saying that from the very beginning. However, I still think she's another, and I think that mm-hmm. the mental institution uh, happens to be run by Dharma just like Oceanic Airline. Hi, Claire, Stephanie, and Rachel. My name is Molly H. from San Antonio, Texas, and I just wanted to let you know about a spoiler I saw on Spoilfix.com today. Um, According to an article in the New York Times, it stated that Lost will um, lose one of its cast members. Um, There will be a death between now and May. And so that's all for now. I just wanted to let you know about that. Maybe that's something you can talk about in the next podcast, what y'all are thinking about who that death might be. And um, thanks. Molly H., thank you very much. And, yes, there is a lot of buzz going on about, uh, she said, New York Times mm-hmm. article. That's what she said. And we're going to lose a character on the island before May. Who do you think it's going to be? Hopefully it's Henry Gale. <laughs> you think? I don't know. I don't want it to be an important person. You know it's going to be. I, I think it's going to be Michelle Rodriguez. Really? Yep. I think that those rumors were probably a little bit more true than what they're letting on. Rumors have to start somewhere. And, you know, I, I you know, I just, you, you kind of really don't see a whole lot of Anna Lulu stuff in the episodes. And so, I don't know. <clears throat> so anyway, moving right along, we do have some information about the upcoming Sun and Jin Cetric episode called The Whole Truth. It's coming up this coming week. Rachel, why don't you tell us a little bit about what's coming up? We're going to find out a lot more about how they got together and the troubles they had before they got on the island. That source is Kristen from E! Online. Sun wrestles with the thought of telling Jenna of a newfound secret that threatens to upset the entire balance of the survivor's community. Meanwhile, Locke enlists Anna Lucia to interrogate the prisoner in order to extract more information than he, Jack or Saeed, could. Source, ABC. Uh, miscellaneous spoilers. Uh, the word on the street is that Locke will be on crutches for the remainder of the season. And that's from Kristen E. Online. The Lockdown, the Locke-centric episode, um, says that the hatched suddenly takes on a life of its own. And Locke is forced to enlist the help of an unlikely ally. Meanwhile, Anna Lucia, Saeed, and Charlie go off into the jungle to find out the truth about Henry. The hatch taking on a life of its own. That yeah. sounds kind of interesting. I'm very happy to hear that Katie Segal is going to be back yeah, as Helen. As Helen. Yeah, and, I like uh, her. She is good. And we're going to discover that Locke has a surprising connection to Sawyer, which they've been talking about for quite a while. There's been a lot of speculation about yeah, that one. About true. Locke being the real, or Locke's father being the real Sawyer, I right. guess is what it was. Yeah. Yeah. And then also, uh, spoiler coming up, uh, we uh, understand from Kristen E. Online that Michael will soon reappear. How awesome is that? Finally, episode 218, the Hurley-centric episode. This isn't set in stone that that's actually going to be episode 18, but it's likely, they say, uh, should air on April 5th. And let me see, is that right? Do we have three episodes in a row? That's what it looks like. Oh, my. I'm so excited. Lost is hooked up Sex in the Cities, Evan Handler, with a Plum guest star gig. 
the former hot property shrink will appear in an April episode that delves into the past of Hurley. How deeply? The unlikely sex symbol will play someone Hurley knew from his days at the institution. Source TV Guide. When Hurley flashes back to the mental institution, we're going to meet an old friend of his who looks a lot like Charlotte's husband on Sex in the City. Source Ask Asiello at TV Guide. Very cool. So lots of exciting things happening out there in the world of Lost. And we want to thank you guys for bearing with us during this week with the audio quality of having another Skyped-in conversation. I do hope that you guys will check out my Crazy Life podcast and go to Generally Speaking Podcast. Dot com And again, there is a PayPal donate button. If you would like to make a donation of any size amount, that would be greatly appreciated. And anything else you guys have to say? Yeah. You know your life is crazy because you keep adding podcasts to it, right? No doubt. <laughs> I guess that's about it. I'm very eager for next week's episode, and we'll be back here to talk about it. And until then, let's get lost. You have been listening to Generally Speaking, a podcast production of Ravenscraft.org. You can make our show even better with your feedback. Call our listener comment line at area code 413-521-0958. After you hear this greeting... Thank you for calling. To leave a message, please press 1. Leave your comments and questions, and please start with your name and where you're calling from. This podcast is made possible with the generous support of our listeners and in part by periodic sponsors to the show. If you would like to contribute to our weekly podcast, simply click on the PayPal donate button on our website at ravenscraft.org. Join us next week for another edition of Generally Speaking. Thanks for listening.